If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Truth in My Days podcast is sponsored by the Truth in My Days ministry. Welcome to the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hello all. Today, we have Sonia interviewing John about literary dependence and the synoptic problem. This is looking at the process by which the Gospel authors went about writing the Gospel books. Given that the Gospel books are so similar, particularly Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it raises the questions such as, do they copy each other? Are the similarities due to the divine inspiration from the Holy Spirit? What do the evangelical scholars say about this? Is there something wrong with their approach? John will be looking to answer these questions and more. We're continuing from the previous episode today. We hope you enjoy. But on the other hand, if you're going to say, well, Matthew copied Mark, You'd have to explain why is it that as he's copying, he makes these 8,000 changes for no reason at all. It's a little difficult to believe. If there's no reason, you think, well, maybe he made a mistake, maybe misread, but really 8,000 times? I think you could copy a document of the similar length to the double tradition between Matthew and Mark, and I don't think you'd make 8,000 gaffes, 8,000 mistakes, and 5,000 between Mark and Luke. So this is a problem for the idea that one copied from the other. This is definitely a problem for that. And so the liberal scholars tend to just not even talk about that. But there's a significance to these differences. What's that? It means they're not copying one from the other. Now, if they're simply using the same set of Aramaic notes that they got from Matthew... That would explain this level of similarity. It would also explain why you have all these little differences. Because they are translating from those Aramaic notes into Greek. Which would mean that in a lot of cases it will be exactly identical. As you know, you, you know Greek. science, you teach Greek. So you know that if, if you're having a Greek sentence in the exercises and you're told to translate into English, for example, you look at two different students writing it, you'd see that it's mostly similar. But you'd also see differences. Well, also, it seems to me like the, the better analogy is when they do the exercises translating English into Greek, they can choose among the different constructions that could be used, the different grammatical constructions. So you'd get different Greek from the original English, but it mean the same thing. Yes, but same thing when you go vice versa from the Greek to the English. So this idea that they use these notes of Matthew, these, these Aramaic notes of Matthew, explains both the similarities and the differences. But it also means that each of them is using it independently and as well using his eyewitness memories, except Luke was not an eyewitness. Now, again, it's not necessary to appeal to this because the authors were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't need to use such notes, but they could have. There's nothing that says they couldn't have. But this is a much better explanation for similarities than the idea that, that Matthew copied from Mark and Luke copied from Mark. As I said, it's not, using them is not against the concept of, the, of divine authorship. Now, let me illustrate this with a point 
that will also debunk another claim of liberal scholarship regarding gospel origins, another claim that is followed, unfortunately followed uncritically by most evangelical scholars. And it has to do with Luke's prologue. Luke's prologue says this as the first four verses of Luke where he introduces his book. Could you read it for us, Anya? Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Thank you. Luke 1, 1 to 4. Now, Luke is telling us here, he's writing, and what he's writing is what was delivered to him by eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. So he is using sources. He is using what he heard from these eyewitnesses. Again, God could have given him the message directly. He didn't have to use sources if God did that. And it is interesting that that part that's translating as having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first. The Greek from the very first is, uses the word anothen. What's the other meaning for the word anothen? From above. From above. So it, he could be saying I had perfect understanding from above. This could actually be a direct claim to divine inspiration right there in Luke's writing. His gospel book is divinely inspired, even though... He got information from eyewitnesses. He was not an eyewitness himself. So there's nothing that means God cannot use sources, but that he doesn't have to either. Now, the scholars, the commentators will look at this and without batting an eye will say that, oh, look, to back up our idea of literary dependence that Luke copied from Mark directly, Luke tells us here that he used written sources like Mark. Written sources such as Mark. Does he actually say that? He doesn't say that they were written sources. Yeah. All delivered he's... them to us. Maybe they delivered it by mouth. Mm -hmm. As in as much as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. Maybe that's written. Maybe it's not. The way they put them together, even if it's written, they, they did it just as the eyewitnesses delivered this material. So he says, they did it. And then verse 3, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the first, or having had perfect understanding of all things from above, to write to you an orderly account. So if you look carefully what he's saying, he says, well, many people chose to put together a narrative in accordance with what the eyewitnesses told, told us. I also thought it would be good for me to do this, having been instructed from the beginning or from above. So he says, they did it, I thought I'll do it too. Does he anywhere in there say he used those many who have taken a hand to send order that he used any of their narratives? Well, unless you somehow connected with just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. Well, that's, that's addressing how they wrote their material, isn't it? Well, delivered them to us. Yes, but it's still addressing they did it the same way it was delivered to all of us. It was delivered to a group of people, delivered to many people. Some of them decided to, to put together a narrative of us. It's, it's still the same material. But is he anywhere here saying he used any sources, let alone any written sources? 
I guess not. No. It says they did it. They put it together. I thought it's a good idea for me to do it also. Where out of that could you possibly get the idea that Luke is here saying he used written sources? I, I guess if you just skim it or something and you see in as much. Yeah, or, or well, even in as much as many because. have taken in hand to do it. I thought it's good for me to do it. He does not say he used those sources or any other sources. Even, even the part about the eyewitnesses, he's simply saying that, that what I'm writing accords with what the eyewitnesses are saying. And yet you're going to find commentator after commentator after commentator, evangelical otherwise, saying, oh, look, Luke says in his prologue that he used written sources. He says nothing of the sort. But as we're going to see, liberal scholars very much want to push that idea that the gospel writers copied one from another, and specifically that they copied from Mark. Before we look into that detail, though, let's look at one other suggestion for the similarities. And this is what's called the oral tradition theory. And the oral tradition theory says that the apostles, as they were preaching, they standardized what they were saying. They standardized their message in, in standard forms that were easy to memorize. And they would all be preaching the same kind of accounts and stories about Jesus using this form that they put together and memorized. They call these oral traditions. And the oral traditions were circulating independently. Now, the liberal scholars would generally say it was not the apostles who did this. Somebody did. Somebody told somebody and somebody told somebody. You had all these oral traditions floating around. And they're circulating around amongst Christians. But eventually you get Matthew and he writes his book and he bases it on these oral traditions. And then Mark writes his book and he bases it on the oral traditions as well. And then Luke writes his and he's basing on his on the oral traditions. And since they're all using the same oral traditions, which are have come to take kind of a fixed form, what they put into their gospel books are, are very similar. And this is their explanation for the similarity because they're all using these oral traditions. Same oral traditions. Does that sound reasonable, or do you see a problem here? Well, where's the evidence for the oral traditions? Well, that's a very good question. If they're oral, they're not going to come down to us, are they? It's, it's impossible to make any kind of real evidence-based claim for this. It's an idea. And really, it's an idea that would have been put together by liberal scholars, Bart Arman uses this extensively to say that, oh, look, the gospel books were not written by Jesus' Aramaic-speaking followers. They're written by, by later generations of Christians skilled in Greek writing. And they'll say that, see, these, all the, these were all initially passed on orally. They're all oral traditions. And you'll find, okay, an oral tradition. So he'll point out also that, that well, these change. It's like broken telephone, you see that game that, that people would play in parties, kids. And it's supposed to be really fun. We line the kids up in a row, and the first kid is given a, a, a little message, and he's supposed to repeat it, whisper it to the fellow next to him, who then whispers it to the fellow next to him. And he's only allowed to do it one time, and not he's not allowed to repeat it. And then you go down the whole line of children, and then the one at the end will say what he heard. That's supposed to be very funny how the message got garbled going from the original speaker to the final one. So the idea of oral traditions is that while well, these change, they grew. 
And by the time it got to the people who wrote the gospel books, they changed so much. Like, for example, they put in these claims about the deity of Jesus and, and put in things about a resurrection and put in things about miracles that were not there originally from the apostles. So this was the idea that you had these oral traditions. They were being passed on. They were growing. They were being altered. They were being added to. And then finally, the gospel writers wrote them down, a mix of fact and fiction. But they're all using the same oral traditions, and that's why they're all so similar. What do you think of that idea? Well, I think another explanation for why they're so similar is because they saw the same stuff. I, it's, I, that seems more reasonable than appealing to this theory that has no evidence at all. It's just made up. Yes, exactly. That's the, the big problem here. Liberal scholars argue that the gospel books were not written by Matthew, by Mark, by Luke, by John. They were not written by the so-called traditional authors. These names were scrapped to them much later. They're, they're anonymous. We don't know who wrote them. And they based them on these oral traditions. The big problem with that is... As we saw in our series where we went through gospel authorship, Matthew was written by Matthew the Apostle. Thank you everyone for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, but please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. If you like our content, please share this information with family and friends. It helps us a lot. We also would love to hear from you. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Truth In My Days as one word again. Truth In My Days as one word. No spaces in between. Or reach us by email at info at truthinmydays.com. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you.